Jesus Christ had often been warned that Judas Iscariot was a man of very evil repute, and that he ought to beware of him. Some of the disciples who had been in Judea knew him well, while others had heard much about him from various sources, and there was none who had a good word for him. If good people in speaking of him blamed him as covetous, cunning, and inclined to hypocrisy and lying, the bad, when asked concerning him, inveighed against him in the severest terms, He is always making mischief between us, they would say, and spit in contempt. He has always some thought which he keeps to himself. He creeps into a house quietly like a scorpion, but goes out again with an ostentatious noise. They are friends among thieves and comrades among robbers, and even liars have wives to whom they speak the truth. But Judas laughs at thieves and honest folk alike, although he is himself a clever thief. Moreover, he is in appearance the ugliest person in Judea. No, he is no friend of ours, this foxy-haired Judas Iscariot, the bad would say, thereby surprising the good people, in whose opinion there was not much difference between him and all other vicious people in Judea. They would recount further how that he had long ago deserted his wife, who was living in poverty and misery, striving to eke out a living from the unfruitful patch of land which constituted his estate that he had wandered for many years aimlessly among the people and had even gone from one sea to the other, no mean distance, and that everywhere he lied and grimaced and would make some discovery with his thievish eye and then would suddenly disappear, leaving behind him animosity and strife. Yes, he was as inquisitive, artful, and hateful as a one-eyed demon. Children he had none, and this was an additional proof that Judas was a wicked man, that God would not have from him any posterity. None of the disciples had noticed when it was that this ugly, foxy-haired Jew first appeared in the company of Christ, but he had for a long time haunted their path, joined in their conversations, performed little acts of service, bowing and smiling and currying favor. Sometimes they became quite used to him so that he escaped their weary eyes. At others he would suddenly obtrude himself on eye and ear, irritating them as something abnormally ugly, treacherous, and disgusting. Then they would drive him away with severe words, and for a short time he would disappear, only to reappear suddenly, officious, flattering, and crafty as a one-eyed demon. There was no doubt in the minds of some of the disciples that under his desire to draw near to Jesus was hidden some secret intention, some malign and cunning scheme. But Jesus did not listen to their advice. Their prophetic voice did not reach his ears. In that spirit of serene contradiction, which ever irresistibly inclined him to the reprobate and unlovable, he deliberately accepted Judas and included him in the circle of the chosen. The disciples were disturbed and murmured under their breath, but he would sit still with his face towards the setting sun and listen abstractedly, perhaps to them, perhaps to something else. For ten days there had been no wind, and the transparent atmosphere, listening and sensitive, continued ever the same, motionless and unchanged. It seemed as though it preserved in its transparent depths every cry and song made during those days by men and beasts and birds, tears, laments, and cheerful song, prayer and cursings, and that on account of these crystallized sounds it was that the air was so heavy, threatening, and saturated with invisible life. Once more the sun was sinking. It rolled heavily downwards in a flaming ball, setting on fire the sky. 
everything upon the earth which was turned towards it, the swarthy face of Jesus, the walls of the houses and the leaves of the trees, everything obediently reflected that distant, fearfully pensive light. Now the white walls were no longer white, and the white city upon the white hill was turned to red. And lo, Judas arrived. He arrived bowing low, bending his back, cautiously and timidly protruding his ugly, bumpy head, just exactly such as his acquaintances had described. He was spare and of good height, almost the same as that of Jesus, who stooped a little through the habit of thinking as he walked, and so appeared shorter than he was. Judas was to all appearance fairly strong and well-knit, 